Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Roland Warren, Tom Fertile, and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome. Awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 16, and 20 through through 26. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit to help see what the Lord wants us to see in this Gospel reading today? I would love to. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for the gift of the mass. And as we break open, break open the gospel that we will hear on Sunday, please, Lord, uh, speak to our hearts. Help us to, to hear what you want us to do, where you want us to change, how we can love more and serve more, how, can we, how we can be your light and love everyone that we meet and help us to be the fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters that you're calling us to be. Please, Lord, bless all those who are listening right now. Hold them in the palm of your hands. Bless them and their families now and always. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Roland, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Okay. I absolutely will. Okay. This is from Mark uh, chapter 14, verses 12 through 16, and then uh, verses 22 through 26. And it reads, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you, carrying a jar of water. Follow him. Wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples went off, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. While they were eating, he took the bread, said the blessing, broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant which will be shed for many. Amen. I say to you, I shall not drink again the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. I circled that sentence up there. Ask the question of Jesus, where do you want us to go? Where do you want me to go, Lord? I think in my life's journey, I want to ask that question when I wake up in the morning. Father, 
Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Because if I let my mind get started, I zoom on this agenda list of things I got to get done, and I forget all about the Lord. He's like, where are you at? What are you doing, son? And man, I'm out the door, I'm zooming. But when I take the time to truly stop, drop, and pray, and just ask the Father, Father, what do you want me to do today? What's important to you? It is amazing how the Lord breaks it open for me, and my day has so much more peace and joy. And what gets accomplished is 10 times what I could ever do on my own. And I think, David, what, what what I'm guilty of, maybe nobody else out there listening, but I, I know a lot of times my prayer is, you know, Lord, get me where I want to go today, you know, <laughs> or help me accomplish what I want to accomplish. So I am turning in prayer, but I'm missing that first part that you highlight, which is, God, what do you want out of today? Where do you want to take me? And so, you know, it's not a bad thing uh, to, to take our, our prayers to God and, and, and to ask for the grace and to do things that we, that we you know, want to do, but how much how much more profound and, and real and deeper the relationship when we first say, God, where should I be going today? Or, you know, this month or in my life's journey, you know, give me some direction uh, and then I will follow as opposed to charting it out and then, you know, and then uh, and then saying, get me where I need to go. So very important point, I think, for every one of us is to have that that stop, that, that gut check of um, not just, you know, God, help me on this path, but give me the path that I can then follow faithfully. Yeah, because most of us aren't going to hear the details that this gentleman heard, right? Like, there's going to be a guy with a jug, and you know, right? he's going to wear a red sweater. So we're going to ask that prayer, and if we pray it, like you're just talking about, Tom, then it's going to take a lot of, of trust, right? That we just need to take the steps. We just need to pray, trust, and move, right? And, uh, you know, most often we're not going to get the details, um, but we just need to stay in con- constant conversation, like throughout the day, just, just in, in conversation with our Lord, yeah. You know, and it's fascinating because in this journey, the other day I was so busy, just zooming, moving, and my buddy had got me this gift, and I didn't think anything. I was threw it in the back of the car, you know, and and then I was emptying out the back of the car. I found the gift. It was in a big, heavy plastic bag. I brought it in the house, and I pulled the gift out, threw the plastic bag away, and opened the gift. It was really nice, but I didn't really think anything more of it. Well, then the next day, my wife dropped her little precious purple jar that she loved, and it busted. I felt so bad for her. So I went and got the broom and the dustpan. We cleaned it up together. And my wife said, honey, I think we should put this in a heavy plastic bag so that nobody gets cut on the glass. So I went into the trash can and rooted and found a heavy plastic bag, the same heavy plastic bag that I took the gift out of the day before. And I opened it up for her to put the glass in. And I looked at the bottom and there's a card I never read. I was moving too fast. I never took the card out that my friend had put in there. So, whew, thank goodness I found the card. I took it out. She put the glass in. I threw the glass away. And I read the card and I cried because it was a full page typed up from this man and his wife. Precious, heavenly kisses just from one of my best friends to me that I would have thrown away and never seen had my wife not dropped her precious little purple jar and broke it. You see, just as Jesus knew there'd be a man waiting, knew there'd be this in an upper room and it'd be prepared. Well, he's also there to help us throughout our journey in life. And when he gives us those eyes to see that, yeah, the purple glass had a break so that I would go find the heavy plastic bag and then find the card that was in the bag that had a note in it that pierced my heart that money couldn't buy from one of my best friends. So thank you, Lord, for caring for me that much to take me through all of that to see and to find that precious note from one of my best friends. 
I think for me, one of the the key things that's just just a great example, Dave, of you know just how God is always ahead of us. I mean, He's always yeah. further ahead, you know, and um, and this whole notion around faith. And, you know, when, when you talk about faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen is this whole notion of, you know, God kind of going before us and the, and the faith that the disciples had to have uh, in terms of what God told them to believe that it was so because God said it was so, so to speak. And, and then walking in that and because they did walk in, in faith, they were able to have really what was, you know, obviously a very turning, a big turning point, uh, certainly in the gospel story, which was the Passover and the Last Supper and, and, and what that meant and, and what that led to and what that supper means to all of us, um, you know, as Christians, uh, as Christians today. So this whole notion around faith is really a, a significant one. And it's and, it, and this story Again, consistent with with Jesus's you know instructions to the disciples, have faith. I'm, I'm always well, I'm always working ahead of you. Have faith, but you're not going to get that blessing until you take that step of faith, uh, and, and that's a really significant thing. And with that step of faith, I also believe when, when when Jesus says, you know, unless you become like one of these, you'll fail to see the kingdom of heaven. You can't enter it. They're like a little child. So yeah. for me, when the Father helped me, I didn't find that card. The Father helped me find that card that was lost. Yeah. What did I do? I had a heart of gratitude. I said, thank you, Father. Thank you for helping me find that. Earlier that day before, I'd gone swimming in the pool and I was walking up. I was halfway up to the house and that little quiet voice in my heart, I, I heard it, cut a, cut a bouquet of peonies for your wife. My first notion was, oh, man, it's hot out. They're way back. <laughs> and I went, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. No, no, no. My, and, then, and then the enemy's there saying, oh, your wife doesn't even like flowers. I'm like, no, no, no. I need to do this for my wife. I'm going to take the time. I'm going to go get the vase. I'm going to fill it with water. I'm going to go down. I'm going to cut and arrange for her this beautiful bouquet of peonies. And yeah, she doesn't really care for flowers, and she doesn't want me to ever buy her flowers. Right. So I cut the bouquet. I took it up to the bedroom. She was just waking up, and I gave it to her. Well, she lit up like a little girl. She was like in awe and wonder and saying, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. They're beautiful. Oh, and look, and you did this all by yourself. You did this for me. You see, it wasn't the flowers. It was the work of love that I did. It mm -hmm. was the effort it took to go to cut them, to go to arrange them, to bring them to her. Mm -hmm. And then she said, and guess what God just reminded me? Today's our anniversary day. We, we celebrate our anniversary every month from when we first met on the 26th of the month. And that day was the 26th. Mm -hmm. So no accidents, no coincidence. You know, but when we listen to that still quiet voice and we don't drown it out with this knuckleheaded reasoning of our brains and we just go like these guys did. You know, they could have been like, hey, you know, that guy's nuts. He's telling us to go in there. There's going to be a guy with a bucket of water. We're going to find a room, do this, do that. No, they were obedient. When we follow those promptings in obedience, don't try and figure it out. Have that faith that right. there's a purpose and a reason beyond our understanding. You will be amazed how yeah. God will use you every day, how you will then have that divine intimacy with the Father being the hands, the feet, the heart, the eyes, the ears of Christ in this world. You will be the world changer that God created you to be from the beginning. And what's it take? Surrender, obedience to the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus knows what lies ahead of us. He says it right here. He knows what's going to happen. Let him be the lead. Man, when I go out ahead of him and zoom, oh my goodness, I get in trouble. I wreck the car every time. 
Yep. And there's a you know the, a little section there, a little line that could easily just be overlooked as you know, you know, not important to the whole passage. But you know, when the disciples went off, entered the city. And what does it say? And found it just as he told them. And I think, again, for us, that's one thing that we, you know, God is true to his word. And so we don't see the, the consequence. We don't see what's going to happen if I, if I go through that prompting, Dave, and I, and I cut the flowers. Like, what's the big deal? We don't see the beauty that can, can come out of it. We, we don't see, because I can concoct a pretty good idea of the future for myself. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but, and, and sometimes it's hard to imagine that, well, wait a minute. Again, if I act, if I respond, uh, take that faith and respond in mm-hmm. trust, right. right? our theological version of hope that God delivers on what he says he's going to deliver, that it can be far better than what I can concoct. Con- cock in my own mind. And that's, I think, the test of faith. Not saying faith is easy, but that's the, the, the believing is the easier part. Right. You know, the trust then becomes the difficult part. But this reminds us that, no, it, it was the way that he said. And if we just trust and respond with that, with that trust, uh, in, you know, in faith, that, it, that, it, that there will be good things in store for us. And it will be the way that God has, uh, has told us that it, that it will be. Um, it's just a matter of letting go a little bit and surrendering and, 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 and having that trust. And, and, and also yeah. doing the work. Like yeah. we, we you know, we can't just say, okay, God's got it all taken sure. care of. I'm just going to you know, sit back and, and relax and enjoy the ride. It's, it, it's the thing that I struggle with is how do you balance that? Like, so you pray, you ask the Lord, you know, to guide you. And, um, but then how do we balance that? Like the effort, like we need to, God gave us gifts and talents and skills, right? And he wants us to use them for his glory and to help bring his kids back to him. Um, so the thing that I struggle with, because you know I was in business and sales before, like, like, how do I not try to close the deal too much and trust? Yeah, you know, so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a it's a balancing act that we have to work as if everything, pray as if everything depends on God, work as if everything depends on us. Yeah, you know I don't know I don't know if anybody's ever had experienced that tension. Yeah, I, I think that that's I think that's key, and you know, you know that we know that it's impossible to please God without faith. So faith is really what God uses in order to connect us, uh, connect us to Him, and um, and I, I think that's really a critical thing. I'm a big fan of this one pastor, Dr. Tony Evans. Some of you folks out listening may have heard of, but he has a a definition of faith, and and in part it, it's it's believing that it is so because God said so. When it does not appear so, uh, that really is, in many ways, is 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 the essence of, of faith. And so, faith is not is not evident, so to speak, until you act on it. It's like anything else. You know, if, if you have faith that something's going to be across the street, but you never go across the street, then how much faith did you really have? So it's not really something that's in our head. It really has to be activated and motivated with our hands and with our feet and with our, our actions, that, that kind of thing. And, and it's having that, that confidence uh, that I'm going to step out in faith and, and knowing that just the act of doing that is what pleases the heart of God. And I think that's really critical. And I think so many of the stories in Scripture really reflect that in a big way. When the, when the disciples walk walk in faith, it, it you know it pleases God yeah. when we do that. So, and, and what you're saying, Roland, reminds me of something I heard Mother Teresa say: God didn't call me to be successful; He called mm-hmm. me to be faithful. Absolutely. And look yes. at look at how the work of her hands was blessed. Right? She just started yep. with you know one. Poor soul, yep. and now there's thousands of these nuns in the poorest of the poor areas, walking two two by two in, in the streets that no one, you know, not many people would would travel, and they're just they're blessing 
people abundantly. And, and if you call them and say, what do you need? They're, oh, we're, we don't need anything. Like they're not allowed. Like they, they just totally trust. Like they can't ask mm-hmm. for help. They don't seek it. They, they yeah. just, they, they pray like crazy and, and then go out and put that faith into action. And it's a total dependency in God. And, and that's what I wrote down here is when we get this, it sets us free. And that is, I did nothing. Jesus Christ did everything in me, with me, and through me. When I let go and let God, I'm just at peace because it's the Lord Jesus Christ who's doing the work. I'm staying in communion with the Father. Why? Because Jesus came to please the Father, to do the Father's will, to speak what the Father wanted to speak. So as I stay in communion with the Trinity, communion with the Father, this divine intimacy, then I let go and say, you know what? This is your business, Lord. What would you like to do today? This is your your work. These are your children. Help me to parent them. When you call on the Father, you call on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is amazing what can happen and the freedom. I'm not thinking, I have to do it. Everything is freeing. Yeah, and it really is, it, it, you know, and I'm sure a word that you guys love is stewardship. And, and that really is a way to be thinking about what we do in a big, big way. And, and, uh, and you know, I've, I've thought about that often in terms of what God has given us. Uh, because it's, it's, it's easy to have faith when you look at yourself as a steward of something. Because you're basically, you're basically modeling what has been done for you. In other words, if you are a steward of something, that means someone else had faith and they gave it to you. In confidence, because it was given to you freely in faith, you can give it to others freely mm-hmm. in faith. And I think that one of the challenges I kind of struggle with is in terms of what God's given me or walking in faith is this notion of, you know, am I going to be a steward of what God has given me and then be able to give that to others? Or am I an overlord? If you think about it, like I'm an overlord. All this stuff is mine, so to speak, and I'm going to kind of lord over it, so to speak. And if you're an overlord, you're not going to have really a heart that, that is reflected by faith. But if you're a steward, and you can see that in terms of how people give. Some people give as overlords in terms of, you know, the, the standards or ways that they give and the way they think about giving. And so people come to them with kind of a bended knee sort of saying, hey, you know, will you please give me some? Like almost like Albert Twist, you know, kind of more please, that kind of thing. Whereas if you're a steward, then what you actually, you you actually are giving with a spirit of humility because you know that it's been, that, that what, what has been given to you is actually a kind of a gift, so to speak. So it really does change the way that you look the way that you look at your faith and the way that you look at uh, uh, giving and all those different things when you kind of walk from a faith perspective. And, and Ron, this is your first time joining us. Thank you for yes. for being here. And uh, your your story and your journey is uh, really awesome. That God blessed you with a lot of natural abilities and talents and leadership qualities. And uh, you got a great education, went into the business world, and then you know you're doing what you're doing now. Can you just? It's all about stewardship. But God yeah. gave you those gifts. And was there a moment when it all kind of clicked for you and and where? that kind of yeah. aha moment? Is, is, it, is that something that you can share with us? Well, you know, it's interesting that you, that you would say that, though, because um, it, it's true. Like God's given me some insights on a number of different things. And one of the things that I realized, um, you know, uh, that God continue, will continue to give me insights and perspective and, and use me in a way um, that that's for the good of others and to glorify Him um, if you have the humility around what's been given to you. And if you think about it, it's easier to have humility when you have faith in the source. Mm. Right? So if you think about it, if somebody if, if you think, oh, this is the last one of whatever it is, or you know, you're gonna be like, well, 
I got to hold on to this because I can't give this to anybody else because I don't have faith that I'm going to get more of what I have now. I mean, think about it. It's around a table, it's a, whatever it may be, right? I'm not gonna, no, I don't have faith that more is coming, right? And that's why having that perspective, being like a child is that way. You know, if, if, you're, if your children are sitting around a table, right, it, it's one thing if they're sitting around a table and they, and they don't have the confidence in their parents or faith in their parents that there will be more the next day. Mm. But you notice how kids a lot of times will be. They'll be like, tomorrow I'm going to come and there's going to be dinner there again. And tomorrow I'm going to, next day I'm going to come and there's going to be. So it really does tie into that. So one, from my perspective, um, when I when I have that, when I'm walking in faith in that moment, realizing that there's a God who loves me even more than I love my kids, right? Then I know I can have faith to give to others, be it my time, my talent, or my treasure in a way uh, that that is really transforming. And it makes me think there, you know, Ronald, as you were talking, it makes me th- realize that to the, to the degree that I think that, you know, people struggle with faith or even just totally turn away from God, they, because they, they, have, they have a scarce, a scarcity mentality, you know, or, or mentality of scarcity. So I have to get something now. I've got to mm-hmm. get, you know, whatever the experience is, the money, the power, the pl- whatever it is, I've got to fill my life with something because I don't know, you know, I see no end. I see no blessing. I see no abundance. I see no, I don't see the feast. And so what happens is we settle for the crumbs. You know, we yeah. settle, for, settle for the leftovers. We try to get a piece of the world um, and, and live our lives by getting something because we're missing out on that. We're not realizing the abundance that's ready that to flow, flow for us. And so if my cup is going to be emptied and never going to be refilled, then, you know, it becomes mine and I need to, that's yes. mine. Yes. You know, but no, our, our life of faith is that the cup gets filled and overflows yeah. you know, to, to others. So I love that. And really, make, make and you see that, that really here with what Christ is doing. He's saying, you know, do this with with, the, with the, this communion, the first communion here, you, you're basically seeing that. He's saying, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, there's going to be more of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, it really is this notion of abundance. Like, there's going to be a cup there's always going to be a cup for communion. There's always going to be bread because he's not talking in a physical sense. He's talking in a spiritual sense and the transformation that happens there. So so I, I do think that that is really a significant part of that. And, and you only have that uh, if, if you're operating from a perspective of faith, which is obviously how this whole story starts with, with disciples having faith. Uh, that the one who um, who loved them provided for them and will continue to provide, and then Christ modeled that with the act with the act of communion that He laid out there, which churches obviously all around the world uh, continue to do as uh, in remembrance of Him. You know, and it's amazing as Catholics when we sit here and we read this, we should be like, wait a minute, this sounds very familiar. Took the bread, broke it, and said. This is my body. It's exactly what a priest does every day at every Catholic Mass all over the world when he breaks the bread. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to them, and drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant. And I love what it says here, which will be shed for many. It hasn't happened yet, but it will be. Jesus Christ is setting up this remembrance, this incredible, you know, representation of Passover, which we know that's where we're at, which happens in every Catholic church everywhere in the world. This is repeated because this is where we truly have that in-depth spiritual communion with our Lord, receiving him body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist so that we are or we are who we eat, 
so that we can take Christ out of the world. And that spiritual food, which he gives us, that daily bread, which he gives us in answer to that prayer of the Father, give us this day our daily bread, is his very self. And for me, as a Catholic, I never knew that. But when I came to understand that, it was a line that came out of the the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 54 and on. It said, I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't get this. I said, really, bread and wine become you? And it lifted off the page. And the line said this. This is Jesus speaking. The bread that I will give you is my flesh for the life of the world. And at that moment, as a Catholic who had no clue, I realized for the first time in my life at age 46, 14 years ago, that that bread, the Eucharist, was truly Christ, his very self, giving himself to me, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And here in this scripture verse, it tells us that the cup of the blood is going to be his blood that he's going to shed. So understanding that as a Catholic, truly understanding it in my heart, not my head, in my heart, changed my life, changed my journey. Now I desire to go to Mass every day, every day I can to receive my Lord. Sunday Mass, I can't wait because I want to receive him, both in word, breaking open the bread of life as we're doing now, but also in communion in the Eucharist, which as we all know is set up in that road to Emmaus. The hearts burned when the scriptures were broken open by our Lord, Mm -hmm. but it was in the breaking of the bread that he's made known to us. I was with a, a, a group of eighth graders this past week. This was the group that we started the one aspect of our ministry, uh, the youth and school outreach, and they were kindergartners when we started. So this is the ninth year that we've been together. Just ahead of time, I said to the teacher, I said, why don't you just ask them if they have any questions? You know, that they won't, you know, we just kind of make it like an open, open mic type thing, and they jotted questions down. And some of them are just comments, some were questions, some were just really thoughtful, like some stuff I need to take to prayer. Like one was, you know, in the nine years that you've come, if you had to sum everything up and give us one sentence, what would you give us? And I mean, some really thoughtful questions. And one question was, where is the most holy place on earth? Uh, I didn't realize then that this Sunday is, this coming Sunday is is the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of of Christ. And um, the answer that I gave was anywhere where Jesus is in the Eucharist any church, any chapel, because every Monday at St. Francis where they go to school, there's adoration and they have a chance to be with Jesus. So I said, guys, plug in, stay plugged in anywhere where Jesus is in the Eucharist is the holiest place on earth and he's inviting you there to spend some time with him. So just like that invitation that we gave to the eighth graders, the invitation is there for, for you and for me, for all of us here. Anywhere where Jesus is in the Eucharist is the holiest place on earth. But also, he said, where two or three are gathered, he's there. He's there in his word. So Jesus wants each and every one of us to encounter him every day. So God bless each and every one of you on your journey. God bless you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.